Good morning, everyone. Morning, lovely people. Nice to be in the room with you once again as we find ourselves in the midst of the book of Mark, going through the story of Jesus. The passages that we're going to be looking at today as we explore how Jesus equips us and then invites us to participate with the good work that he is already doing. And as we've been kind of going through this series, as always, there are some really helpful resources for us that we can find on the blog, which you can access through our website. Uh, And you can use those questions to go through together with with your life group, with your friends, and and discuss and kind of go deeper into some of those um, topics and questions that we're looking at through this series. But now a question for you all. Uh, Have you ever been in a situation where a friend has asked you something about Jesus uh, or your faith, and you genuinely had no idea what to say? or how to respond. I know I have. That has been my case sometimes. Or have you ever been presented with the opportunity to mention that you go to church, or that you went to church, or that you believe in Jesus, and you didn't because you weren't sure how it was going to be received? Well, outside of my role at Riverside, one day a week I work for a local circus company in Kings Heath. Uh, It's called Circus Mash, and I'm kind of responsible for some of the team stuff as well. So I was arranging a team night uh, early on in September, just kind of start of term. And so we all gathered together. I got to meet some new members of the team there. And I was chatting to one of them, and she was telling me about her other work as well, and I was telling her about Riverside. And I told her all about Riverside Money Advice and the amazing way that they help people be set free from debt. I was telling her about Riverside Performing Arts and how our theater company goes into schools all around the city and across the nation, telling people about different important issues and things like that. And I was telling her about Riverside Pantry and how that meets needs. And I was telling her about Stay and Play and all the good things that are happening. And I I went through all these wonderful things that Riverside is doing and involved in and, and kind of how, wow, at a time now with cost of living crisis and how the struggle is so real, people need that support. And we're kind of coming together as community to provide some of that. So we had a really good chat. And um, as I was going home later on, I was reflecting on that conversation, and I realized that I spoke about all these great things that were going on, but you know the one thing that I didn't mention once was Jesus. I didn't even say his name. And I thought, why did I do that? I had such an opportunity there just to say his name, and I missed it. Because it's really good that we are involved in all these great activities, all these really good social actions, things that really help support the community. But actually, we are no different than any other charity, than any other organization, if we don't have Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the reason why we do all of these things. And for me, well, that was an opportunity that I missed. That's okay. I will bear that in mind next time and think about how I can get Jesus in the conversation. Something for me to think about. But what would it look like for us to be fully equipped for the mission that Jesus has for our lives so that we are ready to share about our faith or answer any questions that come our way about Jesus. These are some of the aspects that we're going to be exploring today as we look into the Bible. So, Mark 6, we see a moment of Jesus equipping and sending the 12 disciples to extend on his work. The story so far is this. I'm just going to give a quick recap. The disciples have been called by Jesus. They, they were called to follow him, so they're following him. They've seen Jesus cast out evil spirits. They've seen Jesus heal the sick. They have seen Jesus forgive sins. They've seen him eat, have dinner with the outcasts of society. They saw him calm a storm with just his words, and they saw loads of people around him declare him as the Son of God. Loads of amazing things. And yet, their track record is one where they've either been confused, terrified, Or at one point, they even think that Jesus is out of his mind. 
despite all of that, at this point in the story, Jesus thinks it's a good idea to commission them all and send them out in their pairs with the same authority to do the good work that he himself has been doing. Surely this is too soon, right? Surely they're not ready to do this on their own without Jesus by their side. The thing is, is that Jesus has no intention of being a solo artist. He deliberately picks, chooses, invests in, and identifies individuals to teach and train so that he can then send them out as his representatives, empowered by him. How does he do this? Well, he does this with the absolute bare essentials. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. So just the one shirt that you've got, not an extra one. Those four things. And you know, this is really counter to how I like to pack for journeys. I like to have two of everything, just in case. Um, it's always good to be prepared. Always an extra pair of pants, things like that. Just, you know, as you prepare for a journey, this is kind of the opposite of what I think. But Jesus says, just bring the most basic things. And actually, these instructions resemble the instructions that were given by God to the Israelites at Passover, which was a meal they were to have before they were to flee Egypt in Exodus, in the book of Exodus. And, and let's look at that now. It says this. This is how you are to eat it. Uh, Passover, that is. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So really similar, the kind of things that they need to take. Similarities here are recalling this urgency and this expectation of what God is about to do. As he moves through Egypt to allow his people to be set free, the people here have to have all that they need. That's all that they need to be ready to move when God says it's time to move. Okay, they're ready to participate with what God is doing. And likewise, the disciples here are instructed to have only what they need so that they can join in with the mission that God is calling them into freely and fully. They're ready to participate in God's work. In Exodus, God was preparing the Israelites to be set free themselves. And here, Jesus is preparing the disciples to set others free. Free from evil spirits, free from sickness. They're given the, the chance for repentance. So for us now, what are those bare essentials that Jesus will provide us with as we kind of carry out this work? What are those simple things, those basic things? For them, it was a staff, it was a cloak, it was a belt and sandals. That was all they needed. And that meant they had exactly enough to do the work. And if any issues came up, God would provide. They would need to have full dependency on God, and God would provide. He always does. Elizabeth Elliot summarizes it really well with this quote. She says, God never issues instructions. He has not prepared us to obey. So what she's saying here is God only issues instructions for us that he will equip us for to obey him. This is coming from a woman who was a missionary and an author who faced incredible, terrible challenges in her, in her walk of faith, but continued to obey God and saw incredible forgiveness and reconciliation as well through all of that. Amazing story. So the next part of the story that was read as well, the next part of this passage, looks at uh, feeding of the 5,000. Now, this is a really well-known bit of the Bible. Probably most of you have heard it before. This is also the only miracle that is mentioned across all four Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all mention the feeding of the 5,000. 
And it's significant as well because it foreshadows the Last Supper, where Jesus takes the bread, where he gives thanks, he gives thanks for the bread, he breaks the loaves, and then he gives it to his disciples. So it's showing us what is to come in the work of Jesus. And that, that's what we do as well when we take communion. We're going to be doing that next Sunday all together as we have bread and juice taken to remember what Jesus did. But this passage starts from uh, this point of view where the disciples are coming back off the back of their journey where they've just been going out in their pairs and they're sharing stories with one another. They're talking about the time that they've had healing the sick, driving out demons. They're excited. I can picture them kind of being like, and then you'll never guess that and, and this happened and then this happened and they're really excited. They're building faith in one another as they hear about the amazing things that God has been doing. And that's what stories about Jesus do. They build faith in one another as they share it with each other. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. But after hearing all these testimonies, all these amazing stories, it's kind of hilarious how little faith they have when Jesus says, well, I need you to feed all of these people. They don't believe that they can do what Jesus is asking them to do. And so Jesus just says, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see, right? What he's saying is, use your eyes, look around. What do you already have? What is already available to you? Just check. Five loaves, two fish. Great. That's enough. That was enough for Jesus to feed all of those people. That was all that he needed. The disciples were focusing on what they lacked, but Jesus was focusing on what they already had. You see, God always provides for what we need in order to obey his will. He doesn't always provide what we need in order to, to achieve our will because it might not be God's will. And this isn't a promise or a guarantee that we'll always be really well fed, that we'll have plenty. That's not what this is saying. This is a promise that we will always be able to accomplish the tasks that Jesus has set before us, that God has put before us, so that we can further the good work that he is doing for his kingdom. So maybe instead of saying, well, how can we do that? It's impossible, God. What if we said, okay, this is all we've got. Over to you, God. We lay it before you, and we trust you to do your good work. That's a good challenge for me as well. As we think about God being the one who provides, I love the way that Jesus is described as a shepherd, as the shepherd in this passage. Verse 34, it says, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus is referred to as a shepherd many times in the New Testament. And actually, this is a really helpful image for us because the shepherd is the one who looks after the sheep, who cares for the sheep, who protects the sheep and provides for them. And just like the crowds of people there in that story, we also can be like those sheep. As sheep, we're not the ones who are going, we need to go in this direction so that we can be safe. We need to go here so we can find food, find shelter. Oftentimes, we're clueless. We don't know what's going on. And actually, we need Jesus, the shepherd, to help guide us, to provide for us, to direct us to safety and help us make good choices in our life. And Jesus is filled with compassion for us. And he chooses to shepherd us willingly. Take note as well that the, the focus of the passage right in this moment is not about the content of what Jesus is teaching. We don't actually know. We don't know what he's teaching about. It doesn't say. 
But the focus here is about the one who teaches. We learn more about Jesus' character in this moment. In his compassion, Jesus sees an entire group of people without purpose, without direction. They are desperate to encounter him. They were running. They were running when they recognized him to get there. And that can be true of the people in our lives as well. It's already been mentioned in the service today. There isn't a lot of hope for people in the world right now. People are searching. People are desperate for a bit of hope. And we have the answer in Jesus. We can share that with people in Jesus. Um, I met up with someone in Riverside a couple weeks ago, uh, a guy named Tristan. He's here now. He's brilliantly getting baptized in a couple weeks. Very exciting. So we were meeting up to chat about baptism and kind of what that would look like and and all of that. And and we also had a great conversation about um, how we can share our faith more readily. What does that look like for us to just be ready to share about our faith? And I said, you know what I found? Um, Whenever I pray, if I pray, God, give me the opportunities to share about my faith today, this week, whatever that looks like, God always, always answers that prayer. And so we did. So we prayed together. We prayed that God would give us those opportunities. And we had another chat, and then we kind of parted ways. And it was honestly no more than 10 minutes later, I got a message from Tristan. And he said, I've just had a five-minute conversation with someone at the bus stop about Jesus, about faith. And it was all because he was wearing a necklace that had a cross on it, struck up a conversation. The person he ended up chatting to, his name was also Luke, which is the name of Tristan's dad, and his son's name was Tristan. So they were able to build relationship in that moment and have a conversation about faith. I was thinking, wow, record time, God, in the way that you provided. Amazing. God provides for those opportunities. We've spoken about that. He provides those opportunities for us to to take on the task that he sets before us. But now we need to ask, are we ready to participate? Are we ready to accept that invitation to participate? Now, we're not saying that you need to be sent out in pairs, going out, casting out demons, and healing people. Um, That is not exactly what you definitely, not exactly what everyone has to do. If you do want to do that, brilliant. There are some really careful and considerate ways that you can approach that, Uh, In fact, I encourage you to speak to David and Linda Isgrove. They are part of a Healing on the Streets training that is happening this coming Saturday that will look at some of those things and will prepare and equip you in order to take that to the streets of Birmingham. So do go chat to them as well. I think there's information on the screen. But it might not just be casting out demons and healing people. It might be a different approach. It might be something a little bit more practical. In the story of feeding the 5,000, the disciples don't do any miracle. Okay, their role is solely a practical one. All they do is go and find the food. Okay, Jesus says, now split the people into groups of 50s and 100s and then distribute the food. That's it. Jesus is the one who does the miracle. Jesus is the one who does the supernatural. And their their role is solely practical. Both of these are important. Okay, supernatural and the practical. We need both of them. And at different points, each of us will have a different role for what Jesus wants us to take on. Both of those are brilliant. I want to suggest a number of ways that we can take on this invitation to participate with what God is doing. Firstly, you may never have made that commitment to following Jesus. And maybe today you're thinking, I've heard a lot about this Jesus. I'm learning more about him. I'm not sure if I'm ready Can I encourage you to today make that choice to follow him? 
Jesus will equip you with everything that you need. You don't need all the answers. You don't need to understand everything. Jesus is enough. This relationship, it will be the start of something. You don't have to have it all together. You know, if you feel like your life is a mess, that's okay. Jesus meets us where we are. And we don't need loads of experience or resources. But Jesus invites us into relationship with him. And so maybe that is the step today that you want to take in order to participate with what Jesus is inviting you to. Secondly, we've spoken about it a little bit already today, baptisms. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you haven't made that decision to be baptized. Maybe you're thinking about it. Well, Jesus invites you to take that step of faith so that you can publicly declare your faith in front of all your family and your friends and in front of this church community so that we can give all the glory to God so that you can become a new creation, the symbolism of being under the water, rising again out of the water, declaring that you love him, that you're choosing Jesus as your friend, as your savior, as your Lord. If you're thinking all those things, what are you waiting for? You don't need to wait until you're perfect or until you have all the information. You never will be perfect. You'll never have all the information. God has provided everything that you need in order to take that step. So why not now? As James already said earlier, come and speak to myself, Judy, Sarah, if you'd like to get baptized on the 5th of November. Thirdly, what if the invitation is to serve? As we already seen, that it might be kind of a practical sense in the way that the disciples distributed food. Maybe you want to distribute food. Maybe you want to be part of kind of splitting people into groups. What does that look like for you? Another really easy way is to get involved in the kids and youth ministries here, the, the youth work and kids work that happens here at Riverside. These children and young people that come on a Sunday, they want to know about Jesus. They might not yet have a relationship with Jesus, and you could be someone who speaks about Jesus, who speaks Jesus into their lives, who helps introduce them to Jesus. This is a really simple, easy step that has a lasting, huge impact for these kids and young people. And lastly, you can participate with what Jesus is doing by sharing more about him, by sharing the story of what Jesus has done in your life. Earlier, I spoke about this opportunity that I missed. Next time, um, this one I missed about sharing about Jesus. I want to share with you a story that someone within Riverside shared with me um, just over a week ago about an opportunity that he didn't miss to share about Jesus, to bring Jesus and to participate with what God was doing uh, in, in our city. So this individual was working on a construction site and he was kind of with a bunch of other people and some of, the, some of his colleagues, some of his coworkers started doing the very stereotypical thing of catcalling and kind of yelling, making a woman uncomfortable across the street. And so they all kind of joined in and they told him to join in. They were like, join in. And he said, no thanks. And they said, come on, like, what's your problem? Just join in with us. This is fun. And he said, I'm married. And they said, so are we. And he said, well, how do you think your wives feel about what you're doing then? And they got annoyed and they were like, oh, why are you being like this? You're, you're the worst, whatever. They kind of had a chat and they, they got over it. Some of them were kind of saying, well, what, you know, what, is, what is the purpose you were like this? And he said, the reason I'm like this is because I've, been, I, I've had the opportunity to get to know Jesus. And Jesus has transformed my life and made it to where I want to show other people dignity and respect and honor and so this is the way I want to live. This is the way I choose to live. So he was able to share by his faith in Jesus in that moment. Brilliant. They all kind of dispersed. One of them, one of his colleagues, stuck around and kind of loitered a little bit. And he just stuck around and said, 
I've really been struggling sleeping. I'm really struggling with anxiety at the moment, and I don't know what to do. And so my friend said, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you right now? And they did. He prayed for him. And his colleague said, when they finished praying, his colleague said, wow, I feel an overwhelming sense of peace like I've never felt before. And my friend just said, God loves you. And that was it. Super simple. Not even that long. And we don't know the end of that person's story. We don't know what's going on. But I have no doubt that Jesus was involved in that person's life to lead them up to that point so that they could reach out for for asking for prayer. And I have no doubt that Jesus is still working in their life now. All my friend did was participate with the invitation and share about his faith. He opened up the conversation to allow Jesus to continue doing the good work that he was doing. So we don't have to have all the answers when we're talking about our faith. We don't need to know every single detail about the Bible. I don't know every detail about the Bible. I'm still learning. But when someone speaks to us, when we have the chance to talk about our faith, we have an opportunity to speak lovingly and honestly about who Jesus is, about all we know about Jesus. That's all we have. That's all we have to say. Jesus will do the rest. You see, when Jesus sent out the 12, he had already been into those towns. He had already been teaching these people. The disciples weren't going to new places, teaching new people. Jesus had already been there. They were just extending the work that Jesus had already started. And it is the exact same for us. We are not the ones who who start new ministries. We are not the ones who start new initiatives. Jesus is already at work. He's been at work this whole time. We are invited to participate with what he's doing. And for us now, I just want to say this isn't about us dropping everything that we have in our life to go out in pairs, traveling from village to village to speak to strangers about Jesus. That's not what this is about. Are we ready to accept that invitation to participate in where Jesus has already placed us now? In our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods with our neighbors, on our bus commutes, in every opportunity that we have, all the relationships that we have already built, God is already equipping us to be ready to share with those people, to bring Jesus into those situations. Look at your diaries. Look at your your schedules for the week. Look at them and think, where can I bring the name of Jesus this week? Where are there already opportunities for me to do that? Our prayer team, uh, Andy kind of spoke about it just earlier as he was praying, has already been looking at how desperate this city is, how we need salvation. And, And as we go forth from this place, we will all have opportunities where we encounter people who we already have relationship with. So what does it look like for us to just bring the name of Jesus into those conversations? On a slightly different level, for us as a church family, where we don't currently very clearly see the road ahead, we don't exactly see what our building, our future building will look like or what location we'll be in, Jesus calls us into complete and utter dependence on him because we are not going to be the ones who sort this out. God is going to be the one who sorts this out. He cares for his church, and he invites us to participate in the work that he is already doing. And we might not like it like that, you know? I am someone who likes to look at Google Maps ahead of time. I want to know exactly where I'm going, how I'm going to get there, and how long it's going to take. I like to just have that on all the time. And so when, when there's a little bit of uncertainty, it's unsettling, yeah? But you know who does have all of those plans? You know who does have something even better than Google Maps? It's God. He's got it all under control, and he is working his plan. 
I really like this quote from James R. Edwards, a theologian. He says this, Dependence on Jesus is signified by going where Jesus sends despite material shortfalls and unanswered questions. I think that's so helpful. Sometimes we feel like we have to have everything before we go. And actually Jesus says, just go. Just do it. I'm with you. I'm already there. Come on. And this doesn't mean that we need to just sit back and kind of let Jesus do the work, you know, feet up in the air, no cares in the world. No, we need to be ready. We need to be ready with whatever our version of a staff, sandals, tunic, belt, whatever that looks like for us, the basics that we need to be ready for when Jesus calls us to participate. We need to be ready. As you know, we have been encouraging people to film their stories about how Jesus has transformed their lives and to submit them to us so that we have this whole pool of, of wonderful stories of, of seeing the impact of Jesus. Please do continue to send them in. If you haven't yet, we would love to have your stories. Uh, we're going to hear now from Serena. She's part of our older youth group and uh, at Riverside. She also helps on our tech team on a regular basis, but let's take a look at her story now. Hello, my name is Serena. Um, I've been coming to Riverside since I was born. Um, and as my mom said, I'm born into a Christian family. Um, I've been going to church ever since I was little in my little pretty dresses. I love them so much. Um, but when I was 10, I got baptised. I decided to give my life to Christ. I know, very young, actually. Um, and one thing I said, which has always stuck with me, is that God was with me in the past, and he was with me in the present, and he will be with me in the future. And I got baptised as a 10, as I just said, and it's been four years, I'm 14, and God has been with me every step of the way. Anything I found difficult, I turned to God and said, God, look, you know, I, I need your help with this. Like, COVID, I got through COVID, with my God, my Saviour, he, he brought me here, you know, I've gotten through half a secondary school, nearly through secondary school, you know, I think that one thing that I would say to people is that when I'm around my friends, I've got so many amazing friends, I talk about God with my friends. If my friends aren't Christian, I encourage to talk about God with them. You know, I always say, well, I know that um, I'll be praying later about it. I'll pray for you as well. They don't have to say yes or no. I, I just voluntarily do it. And even if they don't know, I, I put them in my prayers, you know? And I think that knowing that God is with me, I can share that with other people. My friends that haven't been baptised yet, but are going to be baptised, I will stand with them. My friends that are baptised, I will stand with them too. My friends who may not be, who may have not seen Christ yet, I will stand with them. Because I feel that I've grown in my faith and I will continue to grow in my faith. I also want to help the people around me to grow in their faith as well. If they're older than me, younger than me, I want to be there to help out because I know God has sent me to do that. So yeah. Serena said that she wants to help people grow in their faith because she knows that God has sent her to do that. What an amazing example of someone being so willing to share about their faith, being willing to pray with people, able to just bring Jesus into conversation. And she's only able to do that because she knows that God is with her. So 
As I come to a close this morning, we have acknowledged that Jesus is the one who equips us with everything that we need for the work that he calls us to. We just need to check with ourselves. Are we ready? Is our posture ready to step into the opportunities that Jesus gives us? Are you ready to make a commitment with Jesus? Are you ready to be baptized? Like Serena said, making that choice to publicly declare your faith, trusting that God is with you now and always will be. Are you ready to serve or are you ready to share about your faith? 